Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline today, Vin Scully speaks. We solve a major problem. We got fantasy, we got gambling, and we got who you got. The plate is full. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. And the one place that we start is with a super fan, the one, the only, Rob Ninkovich, hanging out after Get Up today in our studio, giving us the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Thank you, Nink. Hey there, Greeny. How we doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never... See, I, here's the thing about me. Here's what you should know about me. The things I find funny never stop being funny. <laughs> like, you never have to worry about overdoing it. Some people will say, okay, it's yeah, enough. enough. You've done yeah, the yeah, yeah. I never will stop thinking that's funny. I mean, it's something I've perfected over many, many years of growing up in the Chicago area. So. Is that and how listening the to my father you? speak yeah. sometimes. Is that how he that. talks? Yeah, you know, he's a Chicago guy, so he, you know, he talks like a Chicago guy. Yeah, I, 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 that's my second home. I, I lived there for 11 years, so I heard it like crazy. I actually did, I started in local radio in Chicago, yeah. and I had a little bit of a New York accent. My father would have said, you want to get a cup of coffee? And and I had to get, I worked like crazy to get rid of get that. Rid of that you one, can't yeah. have a New no, York accent. you get a accent. lot of fans there in Chicago. A lot of my friends, say, I'm, they're jealous that I get to work with you, which is you know, it's pretty cool. Well, as everyone should be, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, <laughs> let's get down to business. L- let's start with last night. Yeah. So Graziano made a good point on TV today, which is, is Tom Brady the greatest free agent, the most impactful free agent in the history of the NFL? I know he's only been in Tampa for less than a year and a half or a season and a half. But they've won a Super Bowl. They look like they certainly will be in it to win another one here. He's a force multiplier. Everybody wants to come play with him. He's elevated everybody. He's elevated the careers. And you made this point on TV really well this morning of the coach and all of the coaches and all these other guys. Yep. And and what I want to get from you, because you've lived it with it, how does he do it? Like, what is it about Brady's personality that does this? I think it's his inner fire and drive and competitive nature. Like, he always wants to continually be better and better and better. And a lot of guys are just not even football players, baseball, basketball. You get to a certain point, you make a certain amount of money, and it's, oh, okay, like, I'm good. And I think that he's constantly trying to always be better than he was, and that's really hard to do in a – sport where when you're in your 40s that doesn't happen we've never seen it before Mm -hmm. Um, but what I did say earlier on the show was the head coach is better for having Tom Brady the left witch is going to be a head coach because he was the offensive coordinator for Tom Brady Mm -hmm. the AB was somewhere that he couldn't get on with a team Tom brings him in and he seems to be a terrific fit there in Tampa Gronk was uh, sitting on a beach with his feet up relaxing in retirement, Tom gets him out of retirement to go down to Tampa. Um, the list goes on. Fournette gets cut by a team that he was drafted fourth overall and then gets picked up by Tampa. And guess what? He's looking like the guy that was drafted fourth overall because he was the guy in college. And now he's the guy in the NFL that's playing motivated and trying to get back to where he was last year. And even the defense, I said the defense is in a better spot because when they didn't have Tom there – and you had a quarterback throwing 30 interceptions, that's taxing on you as well because you're sitting there on the bench. You come off the series, you do your job, hear sudden change. Well, shoot, I can't even drink a sip of water. I got to go back out there on the field. Right. So everybody in the organization, even the GM, is is having success because of Tom Brady. And look, I had success because of Tom Brady. I'm where I'm at today because of Tom Brady and the things that he helped the team achieve. And no, nobody remembers the teams that are – 
five-win football teams. Right. They remember the Super Bowl-winning teams. So, you know, yeah, definitely. I'd say that he is one of the best, if not the best, free agent signing. It's Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. If your pet is hurt in a car accident, Progressive pays up to $1,000 in vet expenses with free pet coverage. Visit Progressive.com. You know, it's interesting you put it that way. Because Brady is now in that place where he's competing with ghosts. He's not competing. Yeah. He's not competing to be the best quarterback in the league or even the best quarterback ever. He's in that era where, or air now with Michael Jordan and Babe Ruth and, and Muhammad Ali and people like that. And I've often said of Jordan, because I started my career, as we mentioned, in Chicago, following him around every single day. That was my job. Yep was that people will never know how many careers were made by Michael Jordan, including mine. Like I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for him. Just his greatness radiated out to where those of us who covered him, we got opportunities other people wouldn't have. There's just, when they say force multiplier, that is a sort of an overused phrase. But guys like that, the rare, 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 rare guys like that, I think it really does apply. No, I agree. And I was the kid in my front yard with Jordan I'd, I'd roll my TV out in the yeah. garage and watch the game and then shoot baskets by myself. And there's things that there's somebody right now playing football when Tom's playing, thinking like, I want to be like Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. There's children named Brady in the New England area <laughs> mm-hmm. because of Tom Brady. So his his footprint goes very far in the football, outside of football as well. And now he's going to come up with the Brady brand and he's probably going to have a logo like like jordan and yeah um yeah that's where he is he's, he's in that he's in that category of he makes his own clothing line now and it'll probably live on forever after he's done playing because of the success that he's had on the football field and he gets another win last night 297 yards two touchdowns he was in the zone last night the zone brought to you by AutoZone. get in the zone with AutoZone. Let, let's go through a couple of other um, situations around the NFL here as we work our way towards this weekend with, with a bunch of really interesting games. We, we touched on Baltimore and the Chargers yep. on uh, TV a little bit ago. And I really like that game in a lot of ways because both quarterbacks are so good. Yep. And if you watched them both play last week, Herbert was unbelievable against Cleveland. And then Monday night, Lamar plays one of the great games of all time. How do you... Let's, let's weigh those as, as uh, competitors. No, contenders, contenders in the AFC. If we look at the contenders in the AFC, I'm telling you right now, one of those two teams is going to make it to the Super Bowl. Which one would you bet it would be? I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go with the team like the Ravens in the way they're built. And when I say the way they're built, they've already played some character-tested games where you have your kicker kicking 66-yard record-setting field goals. Right. You're down – and when you watch that game, when I watched the fourth quarter of the, that game where they came back and they scored, their ability to just flip the switch and get after the other team is very impressive. And Lamar's ability to just be even keel and calm and collected the whole time. You don't ever see him panic. You don't ever see him getting over, overly heated when, he, when he's playing. And then he goes out there and he performs. So I like I like the Ravens, and I know the Chargers and, and where they're at. They're a very impressive football team, and their ability to throw the football is impressive. But when I watch them play Cleveland, it's really hard to win in the playoffs when you're giving up 200-plus yards in the running game. Mm-hmm. It's really hard because at a certain point, if another team rushes for over 200 on you, your chances of winning are very slim because time of possession, you just don't have the touches. When right. they're running the football that much, you don't have that many opportunities. That's why that game was so impressive, the Browns versus the Chargers, because there was no turnovers, either quarterback, and 
the Browns rushed for so many yards that every single time the Chargers touched the football, they scored, basically. I loved that game. For me, that was one of the most entertaining games of the year. Let me ask you one more thing quickly because you bring up the Browns. They're 3-2. and two. They have two unbelievably good losses. I mean, they, they had yep. Kansas City on the ropes the first week, and then last week that game in L.A. was spectacular. But there's a lot of question about whether or not Odell Beckham really fits there, and I'm going to get more deeply into this a little bit later. With Odell, it has frequently been about all of the stuff surrounding him. Right now, it really feels like there's none of that as a problem, the football piece of it. Do you think he will become a huge part of what they are doing at some point this year? I think he's definitely a piece that helps – their offense, when you come into a game plan defensively and you see the roster, you see the guys on that roster, Lamar, sorry, not Lamar, Odell, we yeah. just talked about Lamar, yeah. Odell, when when he's on the team and he's on the field, the defense has to account for him. And he is coming back from an ACL. When you have an ACL injury, it takes time to build confidence back. And I know you can have a great recovery, you can have great rehab, but I hate when people are like, oh, he tore his ACL. He'll be back in 10 months. He'll be great. Right. I've torn my ACL. It took me at least two years to feel explosive like I was before my injury. So this first year back, I'm not going to expect him to be the old Odell. Like I'm not going to expect him to be somebody that's explosive and his routes look crisp like they used to be. It's going to take him a little time to regain the confidence. Mm. And I like... I like the way that his interview just went on his demeanor on, I just want to win football games and yeah, I want to touch the football. Every receiver, every single offensive player, except for the offensive linemen, want the ball. Mm. Give me the ball. Like, and it's not the first time and it won't be the last we hear a receiver say that they want to touch the football. It's true. But I think he wants to be on a team that's contending. He doesn't want to be on a team that's that's a losing team that doesn't have an op- the opportunity to play in the playoffs. And I do believe that if he continues to build through this season and they do get into the playoffs, he's going to be a vital piece in the playoffs. All right, we'll talk a little more about him later. Nick, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, my man. Enjoy the games this weekend. Thank you. We will see you next week. A little later, we'll ask you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up. Fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Up next, we need to do a green light because we have to save our beloved baseball from itself. That is next. This is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Green light light with Greeny. 
All right, I'm going to give Hembo the green light here. Um, and I want to talk about the game last night, and then I want to get into a lot of other things. Well, let's start with the game. Giants, Dodgers, winner go, you know, winner go home, game five last night in San Francisco. Vin Scully. Vin Scully tweeted before the game, to my knowledge, tonight's game between the Dodgers and Giants is the most important game in the history of their rivalry. <laughs> with nearly identical records and so much at stake, I believe this to be the case. Many of you might consider the 1951 game for the pennant to be bigger, perhaps, but that was more about the greatest moment with Bobby Thompson's game-winning home run. We will remember the shot heard around the world a lot longer than we'll remember this game, but I understand where Vin is coming from, and candidly, if Vin Scully says it's the biggest game ever, it's the biggest game ever. <laughs> so let's dive into the game here a minute, and, and let's, the game ends on a check swing Hambo, my vice president of baseball conversation, is there any question but that it's a bad call? No, there is no question it was a bad call. That was a bad call if it's in the fourth inning of a game in July. It is an especially bad call in the playoffs, and it is an inexcusable call to end a series. I would, I would sort of liken it to a ticky-tack foul call in the NBA where like, you have to ask the question afterwards, you know, was that a foul like, period or just not in the fourth quarter? Like, you know, the, the context matters here a lot. So the umpire definitely... <laughs> misread the room on that one. Obviously, getting it wrong stinks for the Dodgers, but ultimately, it's not what cost them the series. I mean, the likelihood of Wilmer Flores hitting a two-run home run. No, for the, the there, Giants, you know, you're saying. It yeah, stinks for the Giants. Uh, of course. It, it stinks for the Giants. I mean, the likelihood that they, they're coming back in that situation is you know, pretty slim. It's a bad hitter with two strikes, and there's a runner on first base. It stinks, and it sort of leaves a bad taste in your mouth in what was otherwise an unbelievable series. It's an incredibly deflating way for the game to end, right? Like, mm. the game ends on a questionable and that's even being kind right. check swing so it's not just like you know the umpire gives his big call but you got to look up to the first base ump and the ump gives it the strikeout and then it takes the fans a second to realize wait a minute did the game just end on that and then you see the replay and you see what a bad call yeah. it is I don't I don't think replay can ever do anything about the checked swing like the, 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 it's it's more of an art than a science, and, and it's very hard to legislate art, but I agree with you. To, to have the game end in that circumstance is, is just a terrible shame. Yeah, and that same umpire had the third baseline in Game 3 and got a, another one wrong really badly. Corey Seager sw swung almost the whole way through. He said he did not swing. It's a nearly impossible thing to get right in real time, which is what he acknowledged after the game. He says, I just missed it. I, I, like, this is, it's, an it's, it's a 50-50 proposition for all intents and purposes, but it is the most unsatisfying way you could possibly So what, maybe what, to your point then, mm -hmm. when in doubt... Just let the game go on. Right. Like, I, in that circumstance, let, don't call it a strike. Let him play. Like, if there's one strike, like, in, in that context, you cannot, there's, there's sort of an unwritten rule. You don't let the game end on a judgment call like that. Remember, remember the NCAA tournament a few uh, years ago was Auburn and Virginia. There was, like, that sort of ticky-tack foul call in the corner. Things like that we don't like. If, if, if that's the last thing that we have to, if that's the last thing you put in your mouth, it was an unsatisfying meal. Yeah, that, there was like a walk or something like that that was either yeah, called that too. or not called. I forget what the circumstances yeah. were, but you're right. Uh, either way, the point is, it's a shame that it ends that way. That said, it is an unbelievable series. Like, we got everything we could have wanted. If you're with us yesterday, we talked a lot about whether or not they need to change the structure of the postseason so that that series doesn't come before whatever comes next and that we get seven games because who wouldn't have wanted seven games of that? Yeah, and now, now the winner here, the, the, the Dodgers take on the 88-win Braves. It almost feels like 
again, sort of unsatisfying. If this, if these teams played 162 times this year, they would have split 81 and 81 because they've played 24 times and they split each of those. And when they played all other teams, the Dodgers went 98 and 46 and the Giants went 97 and 46. It is the most evenly matched season any two teams like this have ever had. You could argue in some sense, they were both historically great. They just so happened to butt up into each other again in the division series. It really is a shame. So the point is that there are three series left to come. And the fact that one of these teams had to be out before those does feel like a shame. That was yesterday's conversation. Uh, Let me mention this quickly. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. What makes That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Now, before I say what I'm about to say, I want to make it 100% clear for anyone who doesn't listen to us regularly that we, well, we are not our baseball bashers. What I will in fact tell you is the, the number one reason that Hembo is sitting where he is sitting right now <laughs> that I wanted him on this show is because I wanted this show to talk about baseball in a way that I feel very few sports talk shows do. Most sport, many sports talk shows that I hear don't focus on baseball. They generally tend to talk about baseball only when big picture topics come up. And most of that tends to be the most, the most commonly asked question I think about baseball on sports talk is, well, is that good or bad for the game? Because they don't get into the intricacies of it. And that's why Hembo is here, because no one lives in the intricacy of baseball more than he does. I genuinely believe we do baseball as well as any talk show in America. So I want to put that out there. And I think it does give us license to then get into the topic of something that needs to be addressed. So Howie Rose, who's been a baseball play-by-play man for I mean, as long as I can remember, tweeted this week, the Astros-White Sox game took four hours and 32 minutes. The Braves and Brewers are in the top of the seventh, three hours and nine minutes after the first pitch. This is untenable, not sustainable, and MLB and the Players Association have got to find some common ground for improvement I'm a baseball lifer, and I'm losing focus. That's from Howie. And to use the old phrase, if you've lost Howie Rose, then I don't know what we're going to do here. So (laughs) how do we solve this, Hembo? Because I do believe it is a problem. And last night's game took, we can almost say it delightfully only took three and a half hours to play. But there's no obvious reason why a baseball game should take longer than a football game to play. It should be the opposite. A baseball game should take less time. Far fewer things happen in a baseball game. There's no reason they should be able to play a basketball game, a hockey game, or a football game markedly faster than your average baseball game. So what do we do about it? I think there are two solutions, or at least two potential solutions, that we're almost certain would work. The first of which... It's taken me a long time to get here. Is the pitch clock baseball for the longest time? Baseball's timelessness was an asset. It has now become an obvious liability, even to people like Howie who love the game of baseball. They experimented in the minor leagues this year, and when they did so, the average time of game was reduced by 20 minutes. Two hours and 40 minutes is where they netted out. Two hours and 40 minutes is a good length of a baseball game. Mm -hmm. And, And the second thing that they could very easily do, Greeny is limit pitching changes. There's a lot that goes into that, and obviously the union would have to be heavily involved. But I want you to take a guess. In five games, how many different pitchers were used in that five-game series? How many would you guess? So, so you don't mean different individual people, but... but, but no, 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 you can count guys twice. Yes. Right, or just, three times. Just or the number whatever. of different pitchers that it. threw a pitch in that series. All right, five times two mm-hmm. teams is ten. So we're talking about ten... Is, is the number going to be something around 50? <laughs> no, 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 no. But over the course of five games, 
We used 22 different pitchers in a five-game series between these two teams. That's an extraordinary number of pitchers. 22 different guys. I would have thought it was going to be worse oh. than that. That's because this series was so incredibly well-pitched. <laughs> right? Well, Logan Webb of the Giants pitched, uh, had two starts of, of seven innings, right. and the number was still 22. The point is that, even, that, that should not be an option. You should not have the option of making six or seven pitching changes a game. That's what these guys do now in the regular season. Wait, where did I get too. the math wrong on this? If they're making six or seven pitching changes a game, uh-huh. each team times two times five. They didn't do it, though. The Giants didn't do it is what right. you're saying. And what I'm saying is there are certain guys that pitched three or four times in the series. And I only counted them for one. I didn't oh, count the oh. number of pitching changes. Okay, I'm sorry. That, that, that's, I asked you that question, and we completely misunderstood each other. 22 different people pitched. 22 different people my pitched point in is, five games. But, but let's just say if, if there were four pitchers in this game yep. and then four pitchers in the next game, mm-hmm. even if the, some of them were the same people, if I'm counting that as eight, mm-hmm. how many would it be? That's the math I was trying oh, I to see. do. Because I'm not, I don't think it matters how many different people pitch in a series. You could have 20 different people pitch if you want to, but only three of them in an individual game. Right. I don't care if it's the same guy or a different guy Tuesday from Wednesday, but what is slowing this thing down is not that you have so many different people in the bullpen. It's that all of them pitch on the same night. I bet you the number of pitching changes, if you add that up, those 22 guys, because yeah. some of them pitched multiple times, it's going to be in the high 30s or something like that. 48. 48. I, I wasn't that far off. I said 50. Yeah, there are 48 different pitching, like pitcher games. Pitcher, that's that's yep. what I'm saying. 48. That's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. It's not how many different people made, did that pitching. So what we're, <laughs> just, what we're saying is 48. you want to, it is, it's 48. 48 different pitchers appeared in a five-game series. That's preposterous. That was ridiculously well-pitched. Read the final scores of the games. Do you have it in front of you? Stand by. Last night was 2-1. I'll pull them up. Last night was 2-1. Every one. game. One of the games was one nothing, Wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Yes, one of the games is one of the things. The Dodgers were shut, were shut out twice. Right. In the the Dodgers were shut out twice. <laughs> they didn't score. How many pitchers pitched in those games? So, a 4 nothing game, a 9-2 to two game, a 1 nothing game, a 7-2 to two game, and a 2-1 to one game. So 48 pitchers. You have pitch, largely yeah. well-pitched games. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you, and we had 48 different pitching changes. So that, that is <laughs> the, that's the problem. So, so what we have to do is you're going to have to bite the bullet. And the traditionalists and everybody else and all the players association, and they just better listen because you're, this is going to turn into a problem. And take this from people who are on your side. Mm. We're not sitting here bashing the sport because we don't really care in the first place and it's just the easiest way to talk about it. We talk about baseball every single day. But your games cannot be four hours long. They just can't be. It just, it's, not, it's not a workable future situation. And the, the opinion, I hate to say it, the, the opinion who's... Who, who's I don't value here is the players. The players don't like this stuff, but they're not the stewards of the game. Right. They're not the ones that have to live with this. They're not the ones that, you know, someday down the road, like this is... This, it won't matter to them if it's not as popular will, 20 years from now. That's exactly, that, that's exactly right. I, as much as I hate to say it, that's not the opinion here that matters. I, I know. I, there's no reason for you to hate to say it, but unfortunately, it's one of the opinions that's going to actually decide it. Yeah, you're right. And that's the reality. We'll yeah. talk more about this as we go. I'm mm. Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Meanwhile... 
The Scoop. All right, let me get Matthew Barry in here. So every Friday, we like to bring you two different perspectives that I don't generally do as well as others can. One of them is the gambling perspective. We'll have Joe Fortenbaugh for that a little bit later. And the other is the fantasy perspective. And no one knows that, of course, better than our Matthew Barry, who invented fantasy football. I'm almost positive. <laughs> I'm, I, I didn't have anyone looked at it. Matthew, did you actually invent fantasy football? I did not, but I'm certainly happy to take credit that I do not deserve. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I, but I host, I, no, I did not. I hosted the NFL draft last year, and I yep. opened it by saying Mel Kiper invented the draft. I think I'm almost positive Mel Kuyper invented the draft and Matthew Barry invented fantasy football. At least I didn't know of either of them until you guys started talking about them. So let's get into it. Uh, Matthew, let's just dive right in. What are the most important things you want everybody listening to this program to know going into the rest of week six? Uh, the most important things that, to know going into week six. Gosh, that's a, a loaded question. How long do we have? Uh, here's what Here's what I will tell you. Here's what I would tell you is that I think that uh, the Washington football team is actually going to have some nice fantasy value this week. Mm. And you're like, wait, what? The team's terrible. The defense is one of the worst in the NFL, uh, at, despite all the preseason hype. And so for people that are looking for quarterbacks and, you know, Jameis Winston's on a bye this week. Uh, you know, you've got Matt Ryan's on a bye. Uh, Russell Wilson obviously is not going to. Well, I shouldn't say obviously. You never know. Russell Wilson might get out there with his left hand. Uh, but. Uh, Taylor Heineke, I think, is somebody who has uh, averaged over 22 fantasy points a game since he became the starter in Washington. Bad game last week, but no team in the NFL gives more fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks than the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. I like Taylor Heineke. He's available in a lot of leagues as a sleeper this week, over 40 yards rushing for each of the last two weeks. Um, I love that one. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a quick question yep. because no one knows the sport better than you guys do. Because you, le- why is the Washington defense so bad? I, I, they, they've made me look like a boob here because I was one of those people all off season singing their praises and thinking they were going to be they were going to run away and hide in that division. And now yeah. I look like an idiot. Why has no, their we defense been so bad? We all look like an idiot, in, in, including uh, including and Ron Rivera, who I love. I'm a, a lifetime Washington football team fan, and I love Ron Rivera, but he's silly when he gets up there and says, like, I don't see anything wrong, and we've had a couple of bad plays. The team's terrible. The team can't get off the field on third down. They have a first-round linebacker that can't get on the field. You know, they, bad pick there. The defensive line has not gotten the kind of pressure they need to. Landon Collins, for all the money that Washington is paying him, has been a liability in the mm. secondary. So it's uh, they've been out of position in a number of ways. I thought this was a very telling play last week. If you go back and watch the replay of the of the Hail Mary that Jameis Winston threw at the end of the first half, mm-hmm. uh, none of the Washington football team players jump. Like there's, if you watch that. When they when they throw the like a hail mary is a hail mary right and it's just it's sort of a, a one in a million but none of them jump like it's a hustle play on on nothing else it's like you jump up and you know it's it's the old Chris Berman Tom Jackson knock it down what are right. you doing knock it down right? right it's it's that and none of them tried to knock it down like they're all on their feet go back and watch the play of that and every Saint player obviously is jumping the air and and Callaway comes down with it and. So I think I think they are out of position. I don't think they're playing particularly well. And certainly fantasy-wise, what we do is we look for trends that you can take advantage of. And I'm not breaking any secrets here by telling you to start all your Chiefs, obviously. You're always <laughs> going to do that every single week. But, uh, but what it has meant is for the Washington offense that they've had to become a lot more aggressive and a lot more pass-heavy than they've wanted to because they've gotten into shootouts. I mean, you know, goodness gracious. Taylor Heineke had to lead them back to victory against Atlanta. Mm. Atlanta's one of the worst teams in the NFL. And yet, if it wasn't for, you know, kind of a a, a semi-Hail Mary on his own, 
uh, Heineke basically willed them to win. Uh, anyway, so I'm I'm a big fan of Heineke this week. I'm as a top ten play this week as a as a uh, as a streamer this week. It is being suggested, by the way, Matthew Barry yep. here in studio with the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. That we should add that to the T-shirt collection. Uh, the t- you should have a T-shirt that just says "Start all your Chiefs." Yes, I think that would be a good that'd be a good T-shirt for you. Uh, uh, what no. else? What are other? What else are fantasy people talking about and thinking about right this minute? Well, I think there's some concern about Seattle. What we, you know, we joked about Russell Wilson. It was video of him yesterday going out there throwing with his left hand. Guys never missed a game in a 10 year NFL career. He's never missed a game. And we've been joking about it on the podcast this week that I do with uh, Field Yates and Find Your Bell every morning. I'm like, they're like, oh, he's not going to miss the game. I'm like, he hasn't missed it yet. He hasn't missed it yet. Like if there's a, like he's got nine other fingers. Uh, look, uh, Russell Wilson is one of those guys that like you just never want to count out. But I think the concern is, assuming that Geno Smith starts for the Seahawks Sunday night against the Steelers, what does that mean for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? My expectation is they'll both be fine. I actually thought, Greeny, and I don't mean to bring back bad Jets memories, I actually thought Geno looked pretty good in that game. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he did. For a guy that's not, you know that he's not getting any first-team reps. When you're backing up Russell Wilson, you're pretty much just like, okay, do I got the clipboard? Like, where's the water? Okay, I'm good. Right? You know, and so... Uh, for a guy that didn't get a lot of first-team reps kind of thrown in against the Rams, I actually thought he looked pretty good in limited time. He'll have spent 10 days getting all the first-team reps. Pittsburgh is not the Steelers' secondary of old. I think DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett are both top 20 plays this week. I think they'll be fine. Slight downgrade to Lockett, maybe because he doesn't have the deep connection that he has with Russell Wilson, but I like both those guys. Uh, one other thing that I think people are talking about a lot is some running backs. Clyde Edwards Elaire, speaking of the Chiefs, he's uh he's been placed on IR. Daryl Williams gets the start for Kansas City. Actually like him as a top fifteen play this week. He's had six career games, Daryl Williams has, in which he's gotten double digit touches. And in those six career games, he's gotten eleven fantasy points or more in five of them. By the way, they use him in the passing game, as you saw last week. They like him and prefer him, actually, to CEH, down in the goal line in the red zone in short yardage situations between the tackles. No team in the NFL has given up more receiving touchdowns to opposing running backs than Washington. There's a lot of defensive stats where the answer is no team has given up more than blank (laughs) Washington. Uh, But that's one of them as well. So I think Darrell Williams is a viable uh, fill-in. And the news came out yesterday, Greeny, that Damian Williams, yeah. the running, the backup running back for the Bears, mm-hmm. as David Montgomery's on IR, he got placed on the COVID list. So Khalil Herbert, who got 18 touches, 75 yards, ran well, fast guy for the Bears, sixth-round rookie, <clears throat> is going to get the start for Chicago. And I think he's a viable top-20 play as well if you're searching around for a running back this weekend. I love that one, and I'm, I'm going to bear that one in mind as I do my DraftKings roster this weekend He's super as well. cheap, yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll be a popular one on uh, on DraftKings as well, no, no question. I'm hoping the people I go head-to-head against aren't listening to this conversation right now. Matthew Berry, the very best in the business. Thank you, my man. Always a pleasure. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Greeny. The great Matthew Berry with us here in studio. Okay, uh, coming up next, I will give you my takes, which will include why this will be my favorite weekend of the fall. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, 
designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greenies Takes. Let me give you some takes here. I'll just give you a quick few here as we head into this football weekend and all that kind of stuff. And the first of them is this. Dan Graziano was right when he said this morning on Get Up, Tom Brady is the greatest free agent in football history. We usually point to Reggie White with that. Reggie White was the first big free agent ever, and he went from Philly to Green Bay. He legendarily said God told him to, and he led the Packers to a championship there, and he won one. And I think he has largely been considered to be the greatest free agent acquisition in the history of that sport, and there have been others. But you cannot completely turn around a franchise any more than Brady has. He's made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, A, a champion, B, a contender, C, a place everybody wants to go, D, a place where everyone is going to be elevated, meaning their coordinators are going to get coaching jobs, all that kind of stuff. The Bucks. They're like the sexy NFL franchise right now. They weren't that when they won the Super Bowl. So Tom Brady has done the practically impossible. He is, I think, and and, and that's not even getting into what he's doing on the field. Tom Brady is the greatest free agent signing of all time. Next take, and this is why I said that this is going to be my favorite weekend of the fall. This is a great weekend to be a Jet fan. It might be the best one we have left. We're on a bye. It's our bye week. (laughs) Not only does that mean that they can't lose, but it means that I will not be aggravated the whole day. Like watching them, even now, it makes me so mad. Like I I sit there and I'm angry and then it ruins the rest of my day. And Stace has got to take the phone away because of the thing she knows that I will tweet. And and I, I just, so I won't have to live with that. Last week was the worst. We played at 930 in the morning. Ruined my entire freaking day. Can't even go to brunch. So (laughs) this is the best weekend of the season. Jet fans, enjoy it. Next, it's not Odell's fault, but Cleveland has to consider trading him. Like, Odell is doing nothing wrong. He's not saying anything wrong. He's not doing anything wrong. And I think he is still a great player. But it just doesn't work. I mean, sometimes you just have to acknowledge it. Chemistry is a, a weird thing. And if you don't have it, you just don't have it. I, I, I have never been one who believes chemistry is something that can be learned. Chemistry is something you either have or you don't. And for whatever reason, he and Baker Mayfield don't have it. I'm not blaming him. I'm not blaming anybody. These are just these are just a square peg in a round hole. It does not fit together. And I, I do not believe that it is in his best interest long term or the team's best interest long term for him to be there. So I don't know what will happen. It probably won't happen before the trade deadline this year. 
But I, I don't see that thing going anywhere significant. And then one more, and I'll give this one to you, Hembo. Uh, are the Eagles, well, I'll put it in the form of a statement. The Eagles are setting Jalen Hurts up to fail. They're asking far too much of him. No rookie quarterback in the NFL, I don't think, has ever been asked to do as much as Jalen Hurts is being asked to do. And before you say, well, Greeny, he's not a rookie, he started his 10th game last night. 10th. That's barely half an NFL season. Hembo, my vice president of Eagles fandom, are they asking too much of him? You had this right. And all of Philadelphia just said, amen, brother. That's, that's what every Eagles fan is calling today talk shows. They're saying that Nick Sirianni is setting up Jalen Hurts to fail. And that's because he's asking him to do everything. He's play calling like he has Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson. And he just doesn't. It's, ev- it's, it's evident that Nick Sirianni wants to play call a certain way and that the skill set of his team is, is different. Right now, Jalen Hurts is accounting for 85% of their offense. It's a preposterous figure. Right now, Greeny, Jalen Hurts, as a runner, has accounted for 40% of their attempts. 40! That would be the highest rate by any quarterback in any season in NFL history. And you're talking about a player who is in his first year as a starter, with a rookie head coach who's younger than the quarterback that beat him yesterday. He is being put in an impossible position. He's not playing great. But he, he, he really does not even have a chance to play great. I, I agree with that completely. So, and that was on display last night. And this morning, you know, on, our, on the TV show, we spent most of our time talking about Brady and talking about a bad, taunting call at the end of the game. But I think the Hurts piece of this is interesting. Uh, very quickly, I want to go back to what we said about the baseball. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And let me ask two other baseball fans. We just said the issue with the sport and the length of these games can only be solved by limiting the number of pitchers that are allowed to appear for your team in any given game. We have two, uh, two more passionate baseball fans on this staff. Nuno, the Yankee fan, are you in favor or against the new proposal that Hembo and I are making here? Well, we got to do it. Just wisen up and let's do it, guys. And how about Bubba, the Met fan? What do you say, yay or nay, on a limit on the number of pitchers? Uh, I'd, I'd rather just start with the pitch, the, uh, pitch clock first um i'm i'm not i don't necessarily like the pit the pitchers you don't want to limit the number of pitchers in the game no i, I think that impacts the game too much I, uh, there's no question it does it impacts the game enormously i, I think i'd rather at least let's start with the pitch clock because i think that could change it a lot and let's see if that makes some positive changes if it doesn't i'm not opposed to going to the next step I just don't know if we need to make two right away. Uh, that's actually let's do a, the first one, and let's see. That's a reasonable take from Bubba, and here's what, here's the, the best argument for that. And we've said this before, and others have. The problem is not how long the game takes. The problem is the pace. Mm. The problem is is how much action there is. The pitching change is a reasonable time to go and get a cup of coffee, or I mean, I'm probably not drinking coffee at that time. But you know what I mean. If if we're if we're moving it along, maybe it won't feel as slow. We'll talk more about it as we continue. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at ten Eastern on ESPN Radio, and see it with the video on ESPN Plus. Also, catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast. <laughs>